Hello, and welcome to Your Daily Homily, a ministry of St. Philip the Apostle Parish in Pasadena, California. For more information on today's readings and homilist, please view the show notes below. And now, Your Daily Homily. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Now a man was ill, Lazarus from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who had anointed the Lord with perfume oil and dried his feet with her hair. It was her brother Lazarus who was ill. So the sister sent word to him saying, Master, The one you love is ill. When Jesus heard this, he says, This illness is not to end in death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was ill, he remained for two days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to his disciples, Let us go back to Judea. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just trying to stone you, and you want to go back there? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in a day? If one walks during the day, he does not stumble, but he sees the light of this world. But if one walks at night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. He said this, and then he told them, Our friend Lazarus is asleep but I am going to awaken him. So the disciples said to him, Master, if he is asleep, he will be saved. But Jesus was talking about his death while they thought he meant ordinary sleep. So then Jesus said to them directly, Lazarus has died, and I am glad for you that I was not there, that you may believe. Let us go to him. So Thomas calls Didymus, said to his fellow disciples, let us go to die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, only about two miles away. And many of the Jews had come to Mary and and Martha to comfort them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary sat at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise. Martha said to him, I know he will rise in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even if he dies, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. I have come to believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, the one who is coming into the world. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary secretly, saying, The teacher is here and asking for you. As soon as he heard this, she rose quickly and went to him. For Jesus had not come into the village, but was still with Mar- where Martha had met him. 
So when the Jews who were with her in, in the house, comforting her, saw Mary get up quickly and go, they followed her, presuming she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell on her feet at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her weeping, he became perturbed and deeply troubled and said, where have you laid him? They said, sir, come and see. And Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not the one who opened the eyes of the blind man had done something so that this man would not have died? So Jesus, perturbed again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay across it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the dead man's sister, said to him, Lord, by now there will be a stench. He has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus raised his eyes and he said, Father, I thank you for hearing me. I know that you always hear me. But because of the crowd here, I have said this, that they may believe that you sent me. And we had said this. He heard, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, tied hand and foot with burial bands, and his face wrapped in a cloth. So Jesus said to them, untie him and let him go. Now many of the Jews who had come to Mary and seen what he had done began to believe in him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So today is, by the way, nice job, sweetheart. Today is um, the last of those very long Gospels, except for next week, Palm Sunday. <laughs> However, they, these last three weeks, you know, they're, they're in cycle A, but we read them every year if you have uh, um, catechumens who are getting ready to be baptized who are at the Mass with you, because they were, they were selected especially for the catechumens to, to kind of... Um, they're called the scrutinies. But, but it's to um, give them a final look at what they're entering into when they're baptized. So, you know, two weeks ago we had the um, woman at the well, the living waters. And the well is a clear reminder of baptism, of baptism. But it's not just you're going to be baptized, but the message that Sunday is you're going to be baptized. And just like the woman uh, went to her town and started telling everybody, baptism is just okay, I'm done. It's no, you enter into ministry now and you have to do something. You don't just say, I'm baptized, I'm done. So she went and started evangelizing. As a reminder of the catechumens, you step into ministry and serving your community. Last week was the man born blind. And again, go wash in the waters of Siloam. So again, it's another reference to baptism. But this time, the message to the catechumens is, and you're going to continue to grow in faith as you go along. Remember at the beginning, he said, Jesus was a man. Then he said, he is a prophet. And then he said, he is the Lord. And he stood up to those who opposed him. Uh, and so it says, yeah, you're going to continue to grow and you're going to be in, in your knowledge and in your strength and your faith. And this week is Lazarus, which is uh, a foreshadowing of 
because of your faith, because of your belief in me, your attachment to me, to be risen from the dead. It's a foreshadowing of then rising from the dead the, and everlasting life. So that's for the catechumens. Now today, you know, I just want to focus on one thing, really. That line that everybody says, why? And it's one of the shortest in scripture, three words, and Jesus wept. And the question has always been, why did he cry? And when it was up until two weeks ago, this had been a mystery to me. If you would ask me, why did Jesus cry? I could talk about it, but I couldn't answer clearly because I always came back, okay, he had told the apostles, Lazarus has died, and I want you to see the glory of God. I'm glad I wasn't there so that you can believe. He knew what he was going to do. Lazarus is asleep, but I'm going to awaken him. No, he has died, but I'm going to awaken him. So knowing that, why did he cry? I heard a guy on the radio, maybe it made me mad, uh, about a week ago talking about this, uh, um, said, oh yeah, Jesus was mad because people didn't believe in him, so he cried. And he said it with such authority, I said, okay, <laughs> you know. Unfortunately, it was a priest talking. Yeah, and the guy, then, you know, something happened two weeks ago, and I said, oh, okay. This gives me a better insight to it. I went to Bishop O'Connell's funeral. You know, and it had been, his funeral was only, it was two or three weeks after he was killed. So, you know, we had, I was in denial for a long time, waking up in the morning saying, no, I'm going to find out it's not true, and he's going to call me again and say, hey, you know, whatever I wanted to talk about. And then come to the realization but by the time of the funeral it, the denial was over for, for all of us there uh, um, and we went through the mass and, and you know it was sad but everybody you, get, you draw strength from everybody around you the homily by his best friend Jay Kinane was unbelievably good and then his nephew got up there and did the eulogy and his nephew started about the eulogy my name is David O'Connell. <laughs> and everybody <laughs> named after him too. And so far, everything is good. And then Mass ended. And we all started processing out. The cask went out. And we're all processing out. And they're singing an old Irish hymn. Not Oh Danny Boy. I don't remember what it was. But it was an old Irish hymn. And the mood, I, I wish I could quite explain this, but the mood of the room all came together. And everybody in the, in, in the cathedral started crying. Everybody looking around as we're processing out and people are crying and priests are crying and the archbishop are crying and I'm doing, I'm doing this. And somehow, you know, the, the, the finality of it, the mood just overtook us, even though we had had three weeks to get used to the idea. And we had just celebrated a beautiful Mass. But, but somehow, you know, it all passed from one to... I don't know, I wish I could describe it. But that was just the, the feeling of the room. And everybody joined in with it. Everybody was part of it. And I said, okay, I get it with Jesus. That was all the people around there. And he joined in with it. He was just one with them. So what they felt, he felt, even though he knew. 
I saw it again Friday. Friday had to go to Oceanside for a funeral. And it was, it was kind of an, um, an odd thing because two people were buried while well, we put, put, they were cremated and put in the crypt. I saw something I'd never seen before. The, the what do you call the thing they put it in? The mausoleum. But anyway, was, the ones they put in is made of glass. So, so you can see the, the, it was kind of a, not a round urn, but a rectangular one. And I did the mass for the woman two years ago. And then her husband died nine months after she died. But every time we were trying to do the funeral mass, COVID hit. Okay, so now it's postponed. And then something happened, then it's postponed. So it's postponed for about 15 months. So when we finally got to, to Oceanside, uh, um, it had been quite a while and you know they had passed the urn around from family members you keep it for a while you keep it for a while you keep it for a while everybody was used to the fact that their parents had died we were going to put them in and <clears throat> we did everything and then when it came time to place them in you know before after two years people had been you know, before, before we started talking and enjoying each other's company, the whole thing, going out to lunch afterwards, and they put it in, and they set it, and put some knickknacks around so they could see it. And then his four children stood in front of it. And guess what happened? They started crying. <clears throat> and guess what happened? Everybody else started with them. You know, just, and I, and, you know, at that point, I said, I get this now. I get this, Jesus. So if you ever... If you ever wonder when things are going wrong, do you really understand, Lord? I can tell you absolutely yes. Because if he joined in the, with, the, with all of them in the mood and what was going on in their life and with, with him and cried at that time, he's with you in this time too. You never have to worry about it again. However, that's not what I want to... That's one thing I want to leave you with. The other one, though, is the, the other idea of hope. And I'm going to give you a confession. Seminary. They teach you to say mass. And then when you ask a question, okay, what about funerals? What about weddings? What about baptisms? What about anointing of the sick? The answer we got was, just pick up your rights book. It's all in there. You just read the rights book and it tells you exactly what to do, but you have to know how to say mass. <clears throat> so you get ordained, then you get a month of vacation. And then you start July 1st. You get ordained beginning of June. You start all the assignments start July 1st. So I'd been in, in my parish for about a week. The first funeral came up. And, and it's going to be at Holy Cross Cemetery, the chapel there. So, okay. Good enough. Uh, um, went and did the Mass. Went through the rites book, looked at it, did the Mass. <clears throat> and then we're processing out. We get to the door of the church... And everybody stops and looks at me. And I've been ordained a week, and I thought, okay, am I supposed to do something now? <laughs> Everybody's looking at me, and I'm trying to figure out, okay, there's nothing here that says what you do. <laughs> <clears throat> so the brain went into overdrive, and I'm pretending that I knew. Open up the, open up the funeral book, the rites book, and... You know, thank you, Lord. Thank the Holy Spirit. It's right there in front of me. So I read exactly what I saw there, and I've done the same thing for the last 25 years. And I, my eyes fell right on the line that said, 
I am the resurrection, the life. Whoever believes in me, even though that person dies, will live. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. I read that and sprinkle with holy water one more time, and, and then we went to the we went to the grave. Done that ever since. But that line, you know, has taken on. I mean, so much significance for me. Depend on it and hold on to it. I am the resurrection of life. And then you get from earth to heaven twice. Whoever believes in me, even though that person dies, will live. And you get earth to heaven again. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Amen. Thank you for joining us at your daily homily. For information on St. Philip the Apostle Parish or to support this ministry, please click on the links provided. Until our next time together, be safe and God bless.